This is NAGP Resurrection, uh, the show where we talk about this week in gaming news. Then we have a topic. Tonight's is we are talking about our favorite licensed game. Then final thoughts. And that's it. Yeah. So I'm your host, Joseph Burchette. And with me, as always, I have Lionel. I should have bought more alcohol. And we have Mike. Joseph Burchette. Yeah, that's my name. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So, first article is... Joe, you're like a camp counselor. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm excited. A camp counselor in the 90s. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wearing those yeah. tight shorts. Those tight... <laughs> yeah. I'm a less than camp. He retires to his room and just... Uh... Empties the last one in the of the chamber into his head. <laughs> it sounds about right. That Off happened. The dark side. Uh, when you hear that, all right, after the crazy taxi. All those little children. Makes him crazy. Making wallets. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Jesus. Okay. Well, you say Jesus, but he's not at camp. Not the camp that I go to. Jesus is there. Yeah, that's right. Little Jesus is there, and he's got a—he's working on his weight problem. He's got it under control. That's why he's at camp. <laughs> Diabetes or something. Yeah. It's okay. You'll see him twenty years from now, and he'll be hot, and you'll be bald. <laughs> well, that's not an image anybody should want to ever want. Okay. But if you're lucky, he'll still have that weird thing for you he had back in camp. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you said it. You said it. All right. So, first story by Venture Beat Fallout 4 maker Bethesda is working on three new games. This was announced last week. In fact, it was on the day that we were doing the show uh, at Dice where they were talking about a whole bunch of new announcements. And apparently, they are working on three really large projects. And they made it very clear to, to say that. These three big projects still have the Bethesda feel, like the Elder Scrolls look and all that kind of thing, but they are very unique and different in how they're going to be approaching things. So, so none of these are part of their franchises? I don't... I, they didn't say much exactly what it, these three projects were. They just said they were going to be working on them. They would eventually be exposing more information. So who knows? <laughs> Exposing. Finally, going to get something in a contemporary setting, or are they just going to do like a western? Well, uh, well, that's a good question. What, what kind of what, what would be the next setting you guys would want Bethesda to make an Elder Scrolls game in? I mean, Fallout is already kind of a western, yeah. In a way. But uh, space, I, outer I, space. I always, I always say I wanted someone to do Neo Tokyo, but no one ever does it. Ooh, Neo Tokyo. Well, that's it. Um, there, in the case of Neo Tokyo, it's the same problem as a contemporary setting in general, which is like they have a hard enough enough time with like these weird little homesteads with huge gaps in between with nothing going on. If you think uh, Skyrim or Fallout, whatever, is a mess of glitches and haywire shit, wait until you uh, see them try and do like a fully populated world mm, they, they could they could do it or fake it it's i mean uh, uh day sex 2 i played did it pretty well but 
Yeah, I didn't know. It's, they didn't specify Mm-mm. in the article? What? No, they just... Uh, top, uh, Todd Howard was just speaking and saying that they do have stuff in the works and they are three really big projects, but no more details. Okay. So they already said they were working on the next Elder Scrolls. So is this three apart from that making it four <laughs> games that they're working on that's a good question they really did not get they were very I'm gonna vague go, <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and say that one of them is the skyrim follow-up so that leads uh, to yeah and that means that i mean it one of them's probably also a follow-up to fallout which is way far out we'll probably see that in like hear about it in like three years from now Mm. who knows when it'll come out so that means they probably have one new ip maybe Mm. they have my guess yeah they probably they've been talking also a bit about exploring more of the mobile scene so i mean i hope that really big project isn't a mobile game not to say it's a bad thing but uh, i would prefer i don't don't think they would say that it was a big project if it yeah although fallout um the hell's it called full uh fall, shel- the shelter fall, thing fall or? Shelter. yeah yeah that that was good i played it for a while and then i just stopped playing because i unlocked everything and it was actually kind of not running very well because i everything was so populated mm. um, and it, it actually won't really takes a long time for it to load now Ooh. <laughs> but the but but the, that's because I I played it so much and I populated it with so many people and built all the rooms. But um, yeah, that game was fun. I mean, I'd be down for them to make another mobile game. But I hmm. I don't think that's I don't think a, someone like Todd Howard would come out and say we're, we have three big projects and one of them would be a mobile game. I I don't think that would be the case. No, I, I probably. Some people might get a little mad, I would imagine. Yeah. If that was suddenly he's going to start being their focus. But um, still exciting, though. I mean, they they always make great games. Hopefully, whatever those big projects are, it's going to be on a on all new, all new, <laughs> a brand new engine and better tooling and all that kind of stuff. So when the yeah. game finally does come out, it's not super buggy. Yeah, they need to fix their. Sh- they need. Uh, they need to bring in some better programmers. Just or spend more time or whatever they need to do because they need to they really they're it's insane to me that they're just willing to be known i mean it's not insane because people still buy their games no matter what yeah but it's crazy that they still are respected um in this industry and they still release i mean i understand why because their games are fun but they're always fun in spite of you know them not working on some platforms just um inexcusable let me let me play devil's advocate with some words from a, a wise man by the name of hideki kamiya um i don't have the exact quote here he said something along the lines of uh i don't see the point in trying to overcome my flaws rather i should focus on what I'm good at and becoming that much better at it. You overcome your flaws and you can maybe be average. You become better at this thing you're already good at. You can be amazing. And I think that's kind of where 
why they stay afloat and the fact that they have these obvious flaws that never really get fixed. It's that the thing that pulls you in gets better each time. Yeah, but that's... I think he was talking about something else. Um, I feel like he was probably talking more about like, oh, like maybe some kind of gameplay design that's annoying or something or aspects of his game that people have personal uh, dislike for. Bethesda's flaws are that <laughs> they don't finish testing their games. <laughs> it's, it's not even, it's not a yeah. flaw. It's, it's I don't know what it is. It's I was thinking the, about the glitchiness as a flaw. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, and it gotten to the point. It's just to the size of those games, though. Like it maybe is, if they didn't try and make it bigger each time, if like yeah. maybe they kept it the same size and worked on tightening things up. Yeah, but I mean, look at exactly. Um, they, they need to just hammer down. I mean, there's no excuse. You look at games like... There are plenty of AAA open-world games with a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I guess one of the problems is the AI and the, the narrative and all the systems at place there complicate things. But still, it's like, just spend more time. It's like, for the amount of time that they didn't even mention that Fallout 4 existed... It's like they could have just added more time to test. Um, but I suppose they do have to make money. So. Yeah. It's, it's also probably, too, because the because these games take so long to get made. Finally, when it gets around the time to ship, they, they have to crunch like crazy and just, just get it out there as fast as they can in order yeah. to hit the, the ship date, yeah. which hurts. Or, but, you know... You know <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come on, Bethesda, you can do it. We we believe in you. Hopefully. All right. So uh, this next article uh, was from Wired, and uh, it was. What was that? Hold on a second. Yeah. Well, we're we're on the subject of dice. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see this on on the news list, but I did want to mention briefly. Uh, we seem to talk about Kojima every show. <laughs> Did you see the the article where he uh, there's an award that MGS5 won at the Dice Awards and nobody accepted it? Oh no, I did not hear or see it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think it's probably best action gamer or some shit. Mm. But um, oh man, Ko- Kojima was there. He didn't want to accept it, and mm. Konami didn't have anybody there to accept it. So oh, I, shit. Think, I think some random developer uh, went up there and, and accepted it. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Uh, oh, that's I fantastic. I'm so hard about that. That's bad. Oh, yeah. man. Well, and I want to point the finger at Konami. Well, you good, because yeah. they deserve it. <laughs> Yeah, well, what is it for? Kojima well, clearly didn't feel comfortable accepting the award yeah. there. He, he doesn't want anything to do with that shit anymore. So fuck it. Yeah, he's, he's doing what he wants. And speaking of that, I mean, this next article, uh, also for, uh, at Dice as well, Jeff uh, Jeff Keeley, I believe, was the one, <coughs> excuse me, moderating it. But it was a, a discussion between, oh, please, God, 
Guillermo del Toro. I did, I did not. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, him. <laughs> so bad with names. Uh, between him and Hideo Kojima, and they were just pretty much just shooting the shit, just talking about the creative process and all that other good stuff. But in this particular article, he says that he'll pretty much do anything Kojima wants. And I think there's this, this great line in the article saying, um, I'll do whatever the fuck he wants, said the director of Pan's <laughs> Labyrinth, gesturing towards Kojima, whatever he says, I will do. So I just... Hey, um, uh, I think we've learned something. Uh, 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 Guillermo here is the bottom in this relationship. <laughs> That's right. mm. He's, yeah. I mean, the the last time they collaborated was on that Silent Hill thing, which I believe did not go through. He, correct? That failed. He didn't get released. But didn't released. Demo okay. Was, uh, the demo was like an internet. Yeah, it's another. It's a another sideswipe of the breakup. Uh. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch this. I've been busy, but uh, I really want to sit down with that at some point. Yeah, did either of you get get a chance to play the the demo? Uh, I did. I didn't get a chance to. Was yeah, it any good? Awesome. Okay. Yeah, it looked really neat. Um, either no, I didn't get a chance to play it. That's another thing. Mm. Even <laughs> Konami took that down. Like yeah. they uh-huh. took it down. Even if you download it and have it on your ps4 then you're lucky because you if you delete it you can't re-download it wow god never just, delete it. it's super fucking petty yeah they just yeah. <laughs> oh it's, it's, i don't know what's that, that company's got a lot of issues that they need to sort out uh, either way though this is great i mean these are two amazing very creative people that clearly want to work together and Kojima is all for it. I mean, so whatever they decide to make in the future, maybe if it's a movie, which would be kind of cool, or just a game or whatever, I'm pretty sure it will be entertaining. Yep. 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 Uh, I really want to see him make a movie. I'm sure that's going to happen eventually now that he's doing his own thing, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, so next article by VentureBeat. Uh, this is another... Nothing that came out of DICE last week. Uh, Satoru Iwata got a Lifetime Achievement Award, which, I mean, of course, that is well-deserved for everything that he's done with the Wii and just all of his hard work throughout his period of time working in the game industry. So just wanted to mention that. That guy is quite, was quite the amazing fellow. Glad he got it. All right. Uh, next. Nice oh, he's a nice guy. He's done a lot, especially, especially with Pokemon, too, and just all that stuff. He just he did so much goddamn stuff. It's amazing. All right. Uh, all right, this next one. The new Fire Emblem game, which actually was just released, I believe. That is, it's making a lot of money in America. And, Lionel, I believe you posted this article from Game Politics yes. where they're talking about how the American version, they had to kind of remove a few things. And well, they had to uh, change a specific story point. Yeah, um, well, and they actually yeah, removed I, a piece of it too. They removed an entire um, mini game well, where you could pet the characters. <laughs> oh yeah, where you like touch, you can like touch the character's face. Um, I don't know why. I think that sounded just kind of weird, like Japanese weirdness. It seemed ultimately harmless. I think it was maybe like okay. Uh, I think that may have been an aspect of damage control more than anything. What? Did you watch the video of it? It's very... 
No. It's um because you can basically invite the characters into your room, and then you can literally with the stylus pet and stroke their faces, and they make weird noises. I think is that's why. Is it augmented reality? Yeah. Yeah. It, Whoa. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's probably just like okay, we need to turn down the sex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, it, it wasn't okay. even it wasn't even that it was sex. It was just very suggestive, in in what was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's for it's, some very lonely Japanese boys. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, or girls, can you invite the dudes in there too? Yeah, I guess the Americans they, they feel the Americans that's too much for them. I mean, it's a kids' game, so um, maybe. Well, kind of. We're also a very hypersensitive culture right now. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, in the case of the, the the story I posted, the main thing here was a... Uh... Okay, so in the Fire Emblem games, you can kind of uh, foster stronger connections between certain characters, characters who have some kind of tie together. In the games I've played, this usually meant having them next to each other when they were fighting, and you could sometimes have the option of having them have a conversation, mm. which would give you insight on the characters, strengthen their bond, and like create a stronger attack bonus when they're next to each other. They've taken this a step further in this game to the degree that uh, when these characters, I guess, are when the two are capable of... Uh, well, all the characters can come together get married and all that shit, but I guess certain characters can actually have children. And the children's stats and abilities will be based on the two parents. Hmm. Um, point is, is uh, the storyline for this this combination of characters is that one of them seems to be like a lesbian. She like wants to be the serious business warrior, but she goes to this other character with a problem that she gets really nervous and awkward around cute girls. Now. In the original Japanese, what the uh, male character does is give her a drink, some kind of potion, that makes her see men as women. And then, so, she takes the drink, sees him as a woman, and then he would, like, practice having conversations with her to hope, to <laughs> have her hopefully overcome her weakness. Whoa. Maybe. <laughs> and the two of them end up becoming an item. <laughs> Wow. Now, uh, that, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Now, in the American version, <laughs> exchange it so rather than a magic date rape drug, it's a. Uh, <laughs> he just blindfolds her and talks in the feminine voice. So it's more like, I don't know, like weird role play type things. And the same thing happens. Uh, yeah. That's not. I can see why they changed that. Like, uh, there was issues with both, like, the implication of it being, like, a potion that makes her fall in love with him in spite of her sexuality and, like, the idea of this being, like, gay conversion type shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I can see why they would change that for the American version, because you're right. I mean, Americans tend to be a bit more sensitive to that. <laughs> also, It's also I just fucking weird. Yeah. Also, I think it just it also makes more sense to do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would why wouldn't they have just had that in the Japanese version? Like a potion <laughs> oh, that makes me appear as a woman to you. This is like shallow how meets chasing Amy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. Well, that is Fire Emblem for you. I mean, it's, it is doing... Um, I think the game's amazing otherwise. Like, it's probably the most ambitious the series has been. Oh, yeah. No, it's doing incredibly well. It's making them... Uh, I forgot. Like, they, it was an article. They released some numbers for it. And it's doing extremely well for Nintendo. So, it's probably the probably the most... I don't even know words I'm looking for. It's out of all the Fire Emblem game releases, that one has done the best. So good stuff. Yeah, maybe most successful. Yeah, that's what, that's what the words I was looking for. All right, so this next one was also from Game Politics as well. Shoplifter <laughs> gets caught pees on Walmart's floor. All right, uh, Lionel, can you give Pull us some context? Give it. Yeah, give give us some con- oh, give us some context. There isn't, there really kind of isn't. He tried to steal a bunch of games. <laughs> prevention caught him. <laughs> I guess it's the act of vengeance he peed on the floor. <laughs> what? On purpose? Yes. Hmm. It was deliberate. This oh. was a willful act. Yeah, because I've seen that happen at the story I used to work at. But they, I don't know if they did it on purpose. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about it, like, he was also, there was, I guess, like, there was also a woman with him as well. So he was just letting it flow in front of her. Maybe they were, he was, she was rooting him on. I don't know. This is just a weird story. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I just posted because I thought it was funny. Yeah. I mean, he was trying I to. I wasn't sure it would make it into the show. I mean, he I was. I mean, it's a good story. It's yeah. hard hitting news. So I like it. Oh. I want more of this. <laughs> I mean, he tried stealing $500 worth of video games. I mean, that's. How was. How was he. Was he. Did he have a big trench coat? How was he doing this? That's $500 worth of video games. Where was yeah. he putting them? So at sixty a pop, <laughs> how many games is that? Ten, that's actually uh, not that many. Yeah, you're right. That's ten. actually not. Yeah, that's not that much, really. It's about ten. So, but still, though, that's like ten games. I mean, we're uh, it's got to have parachute pants or something. I don't know. That's <laughs> walking weird. around in hammer pants. Either way, piston <laughs> <laughs> hammer pants. He tries to stick out the door talking about, uh oh, uh oh. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good times, though. There's always crazy things that happen in the game industry. Well, this isn't really the game industry. This is just some whack job at Walmart pissing everywhere after trying to steal some games. So, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that, Lionel. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one is. Jay and Silent Bob, or well, Kevin Smith, they're make, he's making a game about their characters, Jay and Silent Bob, and it's on Fig.co, which is basically this new crowdfunding site, just specifically set up just for for games. Uh, so their game looks pretty cool. I mean, it's just the storyline is pretty simple. It's this for some reason they're not getting enough customers trying to when it comes to selling their weed to people and they're wondering where they're all going, so they kind of venture out and and do stuff and it's just dumb fun it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up game that's pretty much it yeah. so well there's something there's one thing compelling in here in that um well outside of it just being a jane silent Bob video yeah uh it looks to be like a good one i like the art assets a lot yeah um 
like one gameplay thing that seemed interesting to me is they mentioned branching story paths based mm. on a, a character interaction system where you as Jay craft sentences which are usually insults <laughs> but can also be compliments. Yeah. And you know, like where your story goes based on the you know, how you interact with certain characters. You can befriend them, you can anger them. You could use it like pre-boss fight to get an advantage or just to skip it all together. That's pretty cool. I mean, something else too that was in the article uh, in the article is that they're um, that they're also taking a lot from uh, his movies. So that, yeah. that, that's pretty that's pretty cool as well. And they're doing the voices. So that I mean, if he's going to be writing the script, he always does interesting things okay. with the writing. Yeah. So with dialogue, so yeah, that be interesting. It should be entertaining. So I I'm looking yeah, forward to that. Cool. Yeah, Kevin Smith's a good, uh, fun guy. So What's I always the, like his stuff. It's, it's a crowdfunded yep. project. It's at one hundred thousand yep. out of four hundred thousand dollars. Oh shit! When, when's the deadline? Uh, it's in thirty four days. Uh, they'll probably well, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. When I first discovered it, like three days ago, it was at like uh, forty thousand. So it's growing steadily. I, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that it hasn't already reached the goal because I know Kevin Smith's got this like this huge cult following. So well, that's, um, it's a cult following. Good point. Good point. It's not a huge. It's not. Yeah. Good it's point. just a matter of advertising. Yeah. Well. Good point. They have to get the information out there. I'm not sure how many of his podcasts uh, Smodcasts. are still up and running, but hopefully he's plugging it. Oh no, his whole he's got I like mean, a whole, he's got a whole network of shows. He's super active on social media. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen anything about it yet. Mm. But I, I think I also follow too many people on Twitter, so stuff gets buried. Um, but I have, he's usually he posts a lot on Instagram. I have I don't maybe I did see something about that on Instagram. But I'm not sure. Yeah. It also maybe because it just now started. When it says 34. Yeah, days. I think it's fair too. Yeah. Sweet. Good luck, Kevin Smith. And it's a f- official. He's working on it. Yep. They're teaming. Up. He's teaming up with a game company called yeah. Interbang Entertainment. Yeah, I think he's specifically stated that him and uh, Jason Mewes are acting as consultants. Ah, the game. okay, yeah, that's, that's good. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll see more of that coming out very soon. All right, uh, and I will be, you know, putting some money in on that. Yeah, get my digital release. All right, so this next article is from Kotaku. IBM is making a sword art online MMO. And we're gonna die, Joe. Yeah, that's pretty. I freaking love that anime. That is one of my my most favorite animes. I love that anime tremendously. And the first half. Yeah. Well, the eh, I'm up and down on the second half. It was. I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> so just to kind of quickly go over what Sword Art Online is, it's just an anime where kids go into a virtual world and they get trapped in that world and they have to fight the way fight their way out. And yeah, I think you guys have told me about it. Yeah, that's pretty much what that is. But it's, it's cool. Shows that have the same plot. It's kind of a thing. Yeah, in Japan, well, they go into like a. Traffic. Yeah. Um. So pretty much all this is is that IBM is doing is using the the Sword Art Online IP, and it really sounds like they're doing this to kind of really advertise 
some of their other products, which is their soft layer cloud service and their cognitive systems, like this other, like this other stuff that's related to VR. So they're using it as a marketing opportunity pretty much, but it's still really cool because it's all, what's neat about it is that besides it being in VR, they're going to be using 200 people are going to be able to sign up for it just for testing it out. And they're going to take 3d scans of their entire bodies for as the avatars. So you can actually play as that, as you in the actual game. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. I want to play as Joe. Oh, I've done that before. Remember when I did that on home? Oh (laughs) yeah. I remember that. I think I got you kicked out of some spaces. That's fun. We're saying some weird stuff. That's, (laughs) it was great that was a good night yeah so that's that's that idea Lionel hopefully we can both get in there hopefully we can all get in there I I would like that play an MMO in VR what's that coming to that is they have not announced if it's like a console or anything like that It's, it's a special like event or thing that you have to go to and they're selecting certain people to do it, so I'm assuming you're gonna go to some space or wherever, and they hook you up and you play it there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, that's happening. And if you like Sword Art Online VR, well, it's perfect mix for you. But I think you have to be so in Tokyo. You have back. to be you have to be in Tokyo though, because <laughs> that's it's IBM Japan that's doing it. So that kind of makes it a little bit harder. When's that hack, Joe? Oh shit! If they did dot hack, that would get. Oh man, that would that would. Wins log horizon wins. Yeah, I don't know. Really? <laughs> How many of those are out now? Overlord wins. Overlord. Yeah. You guys play that dot hack game? I did not play the games. No. What the first set of the GU series? There's a lot. It's like yeah, I wanted to play the GU series. They looked pretty good. Dot hack was a like series. like grittier ass dot hack. I remember in high school that whole series was just everyone was super just yeah. really it was into that. So hard to find. Yeah, those were. games were so fucking hard to track down. They were very I popular. Think I rented it or something once, and like I think it came with the game and maybe the first uh, episode of the anime. The first couple episodes, and I watched the first couple episodes of the anime, and I was like, "That's interesting." And then I played the game, and I don't think I spent more than forty-five minutes with it. Mm. Just it, was, it just got boring for you. Just not something you're into. Yeah, I, I don't think mm. it was into. I just wasn't into it. I don't know why. <laughs> this wasn't your cup of tea. Too too anime-ish, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Too. I think it was boring, or the gameplay didn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, it's, it was kind of alluded in the sense that they tried to like recreate the MMO aspect of the game in a console game. Right, like I, I remember that. I remember checking email. That was. That's why it didn't make sense because you were like in both worlds, worlds, and you would have to go log in, and then the. I didn't like the online battle system, and then I, I don't know. Maybe I'd feel differently because Catherine was kind of like that, but I loved Catherine. Yeah, probably just a game you need to go back to. Give a second look. 
All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Maybe. Mm. If you can there find a copy. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this next article, another article from Venture Beats, the the creator of <laughs> Final Fantasy. I don't know why I laughed. Creator of Final Fantasy's company, Mistwalker, is uh, is teaming up with uh, the creators of uh, G- Bravely Default. Oh, crap. What's the name of the company? Is it Level Five? I think it's Level Five. Level Five makes them, and they're <laughs> yes. Anyway, yes, they're teaming up together to to work on some projects. They didn't really specify what exactly the projects were going to be, but it's probably going to be an RPG of some sort. And I just put this article in here because I just they're two really really great RPG companies, and together they will make magic yeah. beautiful. It's something that's not an RPG. But Square should do that too. Why? You said, when you said that, I want another the bouncer. Oh, you're like when you said the creator of Final Fantasy's company. I thought you were gonna finish it with has gone out of business. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> have, oh have they done anything that's been? critically well received uh, Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey Lost Odyssey got a lot of a lot of people like that game but those games never really took off and did like huge numbers the latest game they've worked on was a mobile game called Terra Battle which was a card game which is kind of I, yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know, I'm kind of I feel like I'll never be into another JRPG Huh. I don't want to say never, be, but it's just like, like you like you hate. What? <laughs> I was uh, imitating you, like longing for Final Fantasy VIII as though it were a real person you broke up with. Oh, I couldn't hear what you said. But yeah, no, I mean like eight, nine, ten, even twelve. I was into, and then now it just seems like everything's the same. We talked about this on your show, actually, about how everything's kind of weird. Weirdly like, homogenized. Yeah. Mm. I feel like nobody does anything like Final Fantasy Twelve looked cool. It was a world I wanted to go to. Ten as well. And nine and eight and seven. I have hopes and, for fifth. See, I've, I've lost interest in that. Mm. Uh, um, you know the answer to this, right, Mike? No. They need to hire me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, actually, you you do. I'm, you're a funny writer. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's good reason that JRPGs, that whole genre of game, is just not doing well anymore. It's because the way they do things are just kind of old... Fashion, I guess you could call they're, it. They're locked into a, a strange sense of tradition. Yeah, and it's, um, uh, I think even well, one of the problems is they do this in regards to gameplay, but they also do this in regards to storyline and characterization. Hmm. And I think if they could even just break away in one sense, it would help. They don't even make it even easier for them. You don't even need to break away; just try and mix and match some elements. <laughs> It's like, okay, you want to do traditional RPG characters, fine, but do it in a different setting. Hmm. Let's uh, get fantasy for a minute. Uh, 
Uh, I haven't yeah. seen Square do a lot of stuff in sci-fi. Yeah, here's an idea. Try and do something like Fantasy Star. Or even better, do your same RPG mechanics, yeah. but make it a Western. Make it, uh, make it like about hunting vampires. Or here's an idea. Go into a different genre. I'm just try character action, or even even just action RPG. I mean, maybe it's me. Maybe I just outgrew all of it. I mean, there's a certain look that most Japanese games have, and it's all very clean. Mm. Like nothing's ever dirty. Everything's kind of pastel and soft looking. I think this is why Square purchased Crystal Dynamics is because they just they know what they're doing and they know that it's just they have to get some more. Yeah, they just need some. <laughs> they can't change their ways, and they're starting. To, I guess they they need to dip yeah. their financial toes in right. foreign waters. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to. Range. Yeah, that's a great way to put that because it's that's exactly what they are doing and need to do at this point. So they'll just keep making those JRPGs the way they know how to make them, and that's all they kind of understand. So part of the problem is um, that there's always these huge crops of people, at least in Japan, who will sell out money. Yeah, I mean, I feel like well, it's, I guess it's, it's not. It's, a, it's, I, mean, no I feel like it's. I feel like but, it's not you know. the same way they've always been making them. I feel like everything kind of progressed and funneled into this one weird thing. Well, yeah, it's somehow more bland than before. Yeah, like everybody's making the same game with the same characters. But I don't know. Well, I wish I had some numbers or something. It makes me wonder if in Japan that still that style of game just does really well and it's just and everywhere it outside of be. Japan. Yeah, because that's maybe that's why yeah. they just keep doing it. I don't know. Well, you know, you know what I would su- uh, suspect is there's probably something comforting to that. Mm, what do you mean? Like uh, a, a kind of experience you know and enjoy and can count on to always be there. Yeah, so. I mean, so you talk. You want to talk about Square? The Final Fantasy VII remake is coming, and I was interested. That it got me hyped because I was. When I played that, it was much later. I played it after eight, and even way after eight, and I was I wasn't too blown away about it. So the the thought of, but I did like it, but the thought of going back and reliving it in this, in this beautiful new style with voice acting and all these like that got me hooked. But then it's like they're they're doing this shit where it's they're cutting that game up now mm. into into bite sized parts. It's like just like it's gonna well, it'll it'll get it into the hands of the consumer sooner. But it's like all right, that's not what any of us wanted to no, happen. No, I can handle episode sized chunks. I, mean, we I guess it's not official, sure. But it's, it's, I don't know, it's not the same thing. Mm. Yeah, because it's yeah, not. It's, it's more cost conducive. Yeah, it, it's going to allow them to not have to work as long on it, and and also make more money quicker on it. But um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of with Mike as well. I would have rather them just focus on building out the entire experience and then releasing it all. So I can just take it all in. If you're going to chop it up, chop it up like it was chopped up. 
Give us part one, two, three, and four. Hmm. <laughs> Just three, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of after after seven, it became like four discs was the standard. Yeah, so parts one, two, and three, if you want to do it that way. Uh, granted, maybe maybe spread things out a bit better since part three is mainly just the last boss and wander around the world and do whatever. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, we'll see how that works out. All right. Uh, next article is from VentureBeat. A lot of these from VentureBeat. Um, it does really, there seems to be this, this ongoing trend here that with every episode, there always seems to be either an, an article about Kojima or an article about VR. I promise this will be the last one. It's, it's been both. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey, yeah. hey, put those hands together. What? Uh, yeah. I said, put those hands together. You got chocolate in my peanut butter. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> Oh yeah, got Kojima in my VR, baby. That's I, that. Oh, yeah. You know you want. I want that. that Probably cool. with that is yeah. it's like when he did Peace Walker. It's I'll have no way to play it. Hmm. So we'll yeah. see. We'll get through it eventually. All right. So with this article, it's HT. So basically, the <coughs> excuse me for the HTC Vive the. The cost was finally announced and pre-order start on February 29th, and it, the cost is $799 for that. Good lord, yeah. that's a lot of Yes. These things are... That's ex- worse than Neo Geo. <laughs> <laughs> These things are so expensive. Oh, my lord. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it just goes into more detail and how they're just, you know, it's a billion-dollar industry, blah, 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 blah. It's really just... The most important thing for this article is just the pricing. I can't afford your shit. Yeah, it's. Oof. <laughs> Fuck uh, your industry. Uh, I just can't stop thinking about my brother and me now. What? What? Why is that? Because. Yeah. Because. Uh, just referenced it. Oh, well, I was lost. Didn't get it. Good law. That's a lot of money. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, no, there's also the character from In Living Color. <laughs> yeah, none of us will be getting VR headsets anytime soon. It sounds like. Ooh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe one of them cheap things. I don't know. Attached to your phone? I don't fucking know. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I got one of those, but I mean, like the big boys. Those are just not. <sighs> They're so expensive. All right. Uh. All right, so that's just more VR stuff. Next article here. First house. What was that? I said, take out a reverse mortgage on your house, sir. <laughs> Use some of that tax money. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we noticed a spike in VR sales during tax season. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, it is, God, this is all these things cost so much money. I would say, if you are going to get a, a a good VR headset. Probably the gear is probably your best bet right now because it's only it's it's ninety nine dollars, but it's still of pretty good quality. So if you can't afford all these incredibly expensive hardcore headsets, mm. all right. okay. Uh, so this next article from VentureBeat again is uh, Fallout Four mods support is hitting PC in April and Xbox One in May and PlayStation Four in June. That's that's pretty awesome. They're going to give mod support to the consoles. Yeah, so, yeah. extend the life. This is probably the reason why most people bought the game. Yeah, 
uh, and for PC, they already kind of was mod support, but now they're going to be giving like a, an official set of tools, and they're going to be fooling it, fooling it, uh, <laughs> supporting it uh, as best they can, and really, really helping the community build out stuff. So that's that's really awesome. Yeah. So a couple thoughts. The first was you're going to inject user created fan made content into your already buggy games on consoles yeah. <laughs> um, it's just I, I'm curious how they're gonna bug test for these things or approve or maybe there isn't gonna be any maybe it's I don't know but um, so there's that and my other thought is Unreal Tournament um, like 2000 did this on the PS3 way back when the ps3 first came out Mm. um but uh it sort of didn't i don't think it really took off because no one had a ps3 because they were six (laughs) hundred dollars oh sony uh so to kind of answer your the the, the first thing you were saying uh, they're going to be using for the pc they're going to be using steamworks and lionel i know you've used that for mods and stuff how does that whole process work exactly do they curate uh, stuff or <clears throat> all you do is uh, push a button and they install everything for you now whether or not it works or conflicts with those mods very hmm. yeah my question is the tech savvy stuff for you my question is more so approval process to get this on consoles because that's the new oh, okay. part so for consoles like, yeah it's not a big deal on PC because everyone knows the game on PC. But if something goes wrong and fucks something up on mm. a save or something on your console, then it's a little more. Console Ooh. players are probably going to be a little less forgiving of that sort of thing. Well, yeah, you get the console because you're not tech savvy. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just don't deal. I would. I would imagine they're going to have to have some sort of curation system or some sort of where you have to kind of you submit your mod to them and they look it over and then that passes through i mean because you're right you can't just let anyone put any mod up there it can probably break your game i mean how's that for a job mod testing Hmm. you could get everyone in your game fucking cocks for heads like what's the (laughs) approval process for that like it's fine on pc but is sony gonna allow that uh yeah no no how did it work with the unreal thing i actually never got a chance to try that I stuff don't know. out i didn't get to try i looked into it hmm. i think it was kind of complicated yeah i would imagine where i remember seeing like i don't know i think you had to i really don't know oh kind of curious to look that up now i wonder how they handled it because I'm sure people were submitting some very sketchy stuff at at least at one point in time, or so. Mm. Mm. Very good question. Sadly, in the article, they didn't really go into detail on how exactly they're going to handle it. They just said that it's coming, but that's pretty much as far as they went with that. But hopefully, they'll release more details on that eventually. All right. Uh, Next article is from GameIndustry.biz, and it's SNK is establishing SNK Entertainment. So they're creating a whole new section, I guess another company 
that's going to be focusing on a lot of their older IPs and bringing them back and like yes. creating sub licensing yes. opportunities and oh, God. remixing them and all that kind of good stuff. I knew Lionel would probably like this. Almost cool. there. Oh. Yeah. Samurai oh, Showdown. Yeah, that's one of them. They mentioned they mentioned a Metal Slug, Fatal Fury, Samurai Showdown, King of Fighters. Oh, like yeah. Oh, okay, that was it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so oh. that's Bushido. Blade. Yeah, yeah. I know that's oh, square, but I always think about it. Um. So the thing is, is uh, what's been going on with those characters is they've all been being used. They're still in the consciousness in Japan. The problem is that they've all been used as like weird cutscene bits for pachinko games. Mm. <laughs> Chinko halls. So we get all these like really cool um, you know, cutscenes, art assets, and animations for these characters we love. And all they're being used for are little videos on these slot machines we can't even play because they're in another country. So you're sitting there just sort of sitting on these IPs we really love. We really want them to bring back and they're, they're not doing anything with it because they can earn money with these machines. Uh, they did the same thing with Castlevania, um, the old school Castlevania. I the only I can't left. wait until they finally make a Metal Gear Pachinko machine. Oh, oh man, that'll be fun! Let's uh, start bringing those things out here. Yeah. You know, there's a casino out there with like a King of Fighters Pachinko game. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I'll, so I'll kick motherfuckers off the machine. So, out of all their their IPs, Lionel, which one, like, if they if like the first one to come out with this new company, which one would you want to see? What, what would you want to be their first one to be to kind of bring back? Um, I think the safest bet. I mean, really, I'd like to see all of them. I think the safest bet is King of Fighters, since it's a crossover game mm. across different uh, characters. Uh, SNK it lets you sort of redesign characters, mess with them a bit, and also sort of test out the popularity of who and what to see which IPs you want to bring out next. Because, yeah, again, it's a crossover game, so a lot of the characters were in separate IPs come together in this game. So if there, you know, this comes out a new KOF, and they're like, "Oh, hey, um, uh, Terry Bogart's really popular in America. Let's make a game for him." Yori Yagami is really big with the female audience. Let's do some weird shoujo mega bullshit with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that thing. But, um, I don't know. I'd kind of like to see Fatal Fury come back and they mess with like uh, the plane shifting mechanic that was in the previous games where like uh, you can shift into the foreground or background to dodge attacks and counter, etc. Um, uh, or, or just another Metal Slug, like new shiny graphics and fun. Maybe like a four-player Metal Slug. Yeah. Oh man, that was the only. That's the only SNK game I really got super into was a Metal Slug. Uh, Mike, how about you? Which one of all their IPs would you like to see come back? Samurai Showdown. Mm. That's 
that's the only one I really have memories of. I just remember it being super pretty. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. my mom used to take me to um, the Al-Anon Club. And they had a samurai showdown machine there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's interesting. I got into the Fatal Fury because the round table pizza my mom would uh, get uh, her pizzas from always had there was two machines. There was always two machines in there, but the one consistent machine in there was always Fatal Fury. Uh, rather, Fatal Fury 2. There was a That's how I got this. There was a boys and girls club that I went to like twice because and they had a King of Fighters machine. Uh, I wish we could have more arcade machines around. They're like gone. Yeah, man. I know. They used to just be staples there in a walk to a 7-Eleven and there's a Street Fighter machine in there. oh yeah uh, I, I remember exactly where the, these were that one was like at the top of uh, by the cemetery across the street from the cemetery in Albany there was a 7-Eleven with Street Fighter 2 out in uh, fucking what's the place next to Rodeo Panol. At Panol yeah. Roundtable, they had uh, Blood Brothers, which is the sickest shit ever. Uh, I'm not sure if it was actually called Blood Brothers. They might have changed it oh, to what Sunset, kind of- Sunset Riders. Oh, yeah, that game is so fun. <laughs> yeah, but I think there was one called Blood Brothers, and it was like a in cowboy and an Indian, and you could play as a cowboy and an Indian. Yeah, I think that's a different game. Yeah, 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 but it was Blood Brothers. That was my shit. And then across the street from there was a comic book shop. And they had Tekken, the first Tekken arcade machine. And that was like my first experience. And then, of course, there was Scandia with tons of shit, man. Tekken 2, Daytona USA, fucking Star Wars Pinball. That was my shit. Oh man! Remember any arcade that salt back then had a Tekken two machine in it. Yeah. God, that sounds like a lot of fun, Lionel. Uh, in downtown Seattle, there's like a two story arcade. Have you been there? It's really awesome. I've been there. Yet. What was that? I will. I haven't been there yet. As it a is. Fact, yeah, it's really awesome. Uh, whenever we can like coordinate a trip. For you guys out here, we'll make a pilgrimage. Yeah, it's it's. Re- I mean, they have tons of arcade machines and lots of. It's yeah, you gotta you gotta check it out sometime. All right. Uh, oh, S and K. I really hope things work out for you because your games are pretty fun. All right, last article. Nintendo. So the Nintendo Direct. Their next one is happening tomorrow, and it's going to be all about. Pokemon and all the new games coming out and some information was leaked that the next version of Pokemon by <laughs> nerdleaks.com it's announced called Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon that's coming out that's going to be the next versions of it which I'm assuming is going to be kind of built off of the systems of Pokemon X and, and Y which is all the whole three world and all that good stuff so that's coming and lots of more information will probably be announced tomorrow so that was pretty Pokemon. much. Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon. Yep. 
They just keep churning them, churning them out, and I'll keep buying them because I am addicted. So, I understand. Yeah. When are we gonna get a sequel to Snap? Oh, yeah, God. I know. That's what they need to fucking. I love dude, that game. They need to do that with fucking. Put it on the fucking phone, man. Oh. AR. Reality Snap. Oh, that would be so good. Well, I guess yeah. that's what the Pokemon Go is. I mean, I, I'm guessing that's. Well, that's you catch them and. Yeah, you're right. It's not really a photo thing. Like, like, imagine that. Imagine, if you will, a world. And this would be like replicating that element from gold, Joe. Ooh. You're walking around. You get a call from one of your buddies, and it's like, dude, dude, downtown. Downtown. Yeah. It's a fucking mute. Yeah, that's... Fucking mute. Downtown, man. You gotta get the picture. It's so sick. Yeah. Now, that's... Oh, that's a really great idea to put Pokemon Snap on the cell. It makes perfect sense. Why not do that? Uh, and like the cameras, just, yeah, the cameras are so high quality, and oh, they need to do that. Come on, Nintendo, stop it! That I stop it. I mean, do it. <laughs> that and make a freaking no, MMO. And stop what you're doing right now and yeah. do it. Yeah, and make a Pokemon MMO. MMO. Come on, words. Make a MMO. Pokemon MMO. I will. I want to give you my money, please. I need this. I need it bad. <laughs> Well, give me the ability to join Team Rocket in that MMO. <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic. I'd play that like crazy. Steal your Pikachu. Yeah. Ooh. I do so many things in the MMO. All right, that's it. News is done. That's it for the news. That's Did you it. Cut anything? Nope. Nothing was oh, cut. Okay. All right. So, topic, Lionel. This is all you, buddy. Jumper uh, yes. Yeah. Favorite licensed games. I wanted to keep things simple because I kind of forgot. <laughs> uh, favorite licensed games. Um, the first game that came to bat came that came to mind right off the bat, I should say, is a two D fighter called uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's a uh, arcade adaption of a manga. It centers around uh, people who can summon sort of like ghostly personas and make them fight on behalf. And the manga has bizarre in the title for a reason. The powers range from somewhat typical overpower to just outright crazy. Mm. And it shows in in the game. Like you'll see like weird nods to certain things. Um, trying to think of like a crazy example like one of the abilities a character has will just make motherfuckers go to sleep for no reason whatsoever uh, two of the characters that have stands are a dog and a bird it's weird but the gameplay itself is really solid and it's fun it's kind of like the best of both worlds where you get like a faithful adaption that also kind of like plays to what's enjoyable about the comic book. Um, I guess the thing I really thought about when I was to uh, mention licensed games was just like the glut of Disney-based games that came out during the 16-bit era. Like, uh, I think my favorite among those was Aladdin on the Genesis. The game was hard. It was hard, but it was fun. <sighs> that was a separate game, separate Aladdin game on the SNES made by uh, Capcom. It was a bit different. Ooh, but I think Aladdin. they're both yeah. worth playing. Yeah, Aladdin. The animations on the Genesis game were amazing. 
Yeah. Uh, from the actual movie to work on. Uh, not that shit was it felt hot like shit. Movie. That shit was fire, son. It was. Collecting apples, throwing apples. <laughs> yeah. With that sword, getting like 16 bit versions of all the songs. Mm, God, I love that shit, man. You get so hyped back in the day when you rented a licensed game <laughs> and they had the fucking MIDI version of the song or a MIDI version of the score from the movie or show it was based on. Yeah. Maybe a home improvement one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what they did? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, th- I think there was a home improvement game on the on the SNES. Whoa. Uh, uh, there was. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. My uncle had, my uncle has a still has a copy of Home Alone Two for the SNES. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, man. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I guess like simpler times. Like, do you remember the days where licensed games were a good thing? Hmm. AGP does. Well, they still but, are a very good thing. We have shit like. Well, there were there were some fucking dark ages. Yeah, yeah. We came out of them, though. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, like, the last thing I wanted to mention back, may chime in again if I remember more. Uh, this is a big one for, pretty sure this is a big one for you, too, Mike, is uh, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. My balloon! My oh, balloon! Yeah. Uh, my sister used to mock me <laughs> mercilessly. <laughs> Every time I play that game, it's like, is he asking for the balloon yet? <laughs> don't remind don't remind me I'm just trying to unwind and web sling it Ugh. I mean they, yeah man that's such a great ugh. I still get the feeling sometimes like I want to just go web swinging around it's so fun yeah it's just and for how shitty that one quest is there is kind of like a lot of variations of all this shit like that will just happen like you just be swinging around it's like your web spider sense goes off and it's like oh shit that's a purse snatcher or oh shit that guy's gonna fall off that building I gotta oh shit this guy yeah. broke his leg I gotta take him to the hospital or there's it's a like fucking a gang fight going on <laughs> yeah gang fights fucking police chases that you can stop giant spot <laughs> I think that was a later one where like a guy in like a mix or something guy in a what? Some kind of robot suit, or he's got some crazy weapon. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, but, it, yeah, man. Um, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Especially if you go back, like, I remember the first licensed game I ever probably played was The Empire Strikes Back on Atari. Wow. Because my uncle, my uncle had it. He had his Atari for a long time, and when I was a kid, um, probably in the early '90s, I remember playing it. And probably before I had even seen Empire Strikes Back or even knew what the fuck it was, like way before. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, it's kind of impossible to talk about this if you just look at like the journey of Batman. 
that's kind of a pretty good barometer for. Oh, those games were so license, good. License games. There was such a such a amazing like before Arkham Knight came out. The not even Arkham Knight, just the Arkham series. The best Batman game ever was on the SNES. Not the SNES. The NES it was the uh, Sunsoft game. Yeah, I mean, we had those. We had Batman and Robin on the SNES, which I really dug. It was hard, but it was it was good, and it looked just and like the was, show. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Then there was the Genesis one, which was kind of more beat em up. Yeah, you know, show. The soundtrack was really good too. Um, and then there was kind of we there was like an awful GameCube Batman game that was. It might have actually been aborted. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. But then they had Batman Vengeance, which was cool. Um, very underrated game. Um, kind of difficult. But then there was... Uh, let's see. After Batman Vengeance, I think there was another one. And there was like some shitty beat-em-ups. And then finally... Arkham, Arkham Asylum came out, and now those are those are huge, huge franchises. Yeah, huge game. But I think um, I mentioned I was talking with you at some point about the series. It was this perfect amalgam of our childhood nostalgia and our gritty ass reality, because <laughs> it's like a bunch of the old voices. With uh, designs closer to the comic book and really dark subject matter, hmm. it was kind of like they decided to take the Batman we watched as a kid and kind of grow him up to grow oh, something. Oh yeah, us yeah. To where we are. It was, yeah, and actually, I'm kind of that's one of my pieces. Kevin Conroy. I feel like, yeah, he is our Batman, but I really. He never kind of puts in the Arkham games. He never gives the same amount of soul that he did to um, the animated series. And part of that is it's just a different take. He's more of a cold, calculating Batman. Yeah, um, like this feels like when I say it, like kind of grew with us. This feels like this is what Batman's been doing the whole time while we were just out living our normal ass lives. Yeah, he's become very dead inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the, the the games I remember playing, licensed games, a lot as a kid was Looney Tunes. I played that one, like, so much. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life, I remember playing a lot of that. <laughs> um, that was a good-ass cartoon. Yeah, it was uh, Ren and Stimpy. That was incredibly hard. Bart's Night, uh, Bart's Nightmare? Was that was I almost put that one in the other day. Yeah, that was yeah. that was, that was really my, good. Was at my uncle's house. He, he had that. That was that was not is it was that the one where you become Bartman on the pirate ship? I can't remember. I want to say yeah. And then there was the other. Yeah, and then there was like another mini game in there where you're like baby Bart and you, you're going outside. You have to swing the tree to tree. I can't remember. If that was Bart Steinmeier or not. Either way, uh, just the, the Simpsons games were good, and just the yes, that uh, arcade beat them up. Yeah, and then one I remember playing going when I went to the arcade, and I just got I was really bad at it, but it was just so much fun. Was the 
the X-Men game. It was, I cannot remember. Oh, yeah. It's basically like 80s X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, and you could play as um, Nightcrawler and all, these other, and all the other X-Men. Yeah. Colossus. Yeah. That's I can't I remember the name, but yeah. that was really I good. I mean, you just look at comic books in general. There's been so many licensed games. Mm. Especially nowadays, it's very huge. That was kind yeah. of our first uh, bastion back when, back before when the idea of a Spider-Man movie was like you couldn't even conceive how they would ever do that. <laughs> like I yeah. didn't even think that it would never get made. It was such a big deal to me when that movie came out because they finally did it. Uh, yeah. But you know, back in the day, we the most exciting thing ever, um, other than to see like a cartoon, would be a video game. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man had some amazing ones. Like the first PS1 Spider-Man game was mind blowing because you were outside and web swinging, yeah. 3D, and Stanley yeah. was narrating it, and it was just NeverSoft killed it on that game. It um, was it was funny too. Yeah, and it was like funny. A it was humor, just a, yeah. It was just a really fun game. It was fun. The writing was super funny. Rino Romano was amazing. The mm. voice acting, so good. Uh, but yeah, I, going back to the SNES days, I, I was actually playing uh, Captain America and the Avengers the other day, which ah. I played a lot of in the arcade. Nice. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, on the SNES, there was an X-Men game called uh, X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. Uh, it's basically like Capcom made beat him up, and I think it may have been like where that like sort of love story between Capcom and X Men that became X Men versus Street Fighter, and then the Marvel series yeah. uh, was born from. Um, that game was a lot of fun, and then of course, yeah, there is the Capcom versus Marvel series. Um, I think my favorite is Marvel versus Capcom one. Yeah, I, I have a I have a soft spot with for that one because I played it a lot. But you know, I have a bigger one for for two. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All those Disney games. They, it was just it was such a great idea to partner with Capcom because they really did make those games just that much more enjoyable. I remember playing The Lion King as well and it was difficult but oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was just great being able to just <laughs> just hear play as music. those characters. Yeah, hit, hear the music plays the characters go through the go through each scene in the movies. It just it was just oh man. The animations were always so good. There was yeah. always so much detail in there. Yeah, playing those well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, because it's an animation studio you're pulling from, but it was still always enjoyable. Yeah, play, thinking about stuff like that just makes me just understand why I like video games so much. Is that you see the movie and then you play the game, you get to truly experience what you were watching, you get to be in it, and it's just you can only do that with games. And that's it, just thinking. Yeah. That's why when I think about that, it really makes me understand why I love this medium so much. Because that I had some great memories with that as a kid, it, like really enjoyable time. Yeah, oh man, yeah. I gotta give a shout out to Riddick too. You know? Oh yeah, Riddick, that was very yeah. good. Oh yeah, yeah. That was. I feel like that was one of the. Uh, I think that one came out 
during one of the dark ages of licensed games. It's like, yeah, it did. Like a Riddick, that's going to be terrible. And then people play. It's like this is amazing. Yeah. Even to this day, how good it was. Yeah. Even to this day, it's still considered to be a really great game. So that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, um, what I wanted to mention this has like a lot of sentimental value is uh, it was a uh, Wolverine game on the well before I get into that I do want to mention the X-Men game on the Genesis for the uh, simple fact that in order to reach the last level you have to get to the end of the uh, penultimate level destroy an item and then hit reset which most people discovered by accident Mm. It was like a lot. I remember like me, my cousin, and a, a friend of his, and ultimately a friend of mine. Sadly, he uh, passed away not too long after that. But um, we were all sitting there playing through the game, just trying to figure out how to beat it. And we couldn't make heads or tails of it. And eventually, you know, we get to that point. It's like one of them was saying, okay, why didn't you do this? Okay, let me do it. Let me show you why it doesn't work. Okay, and normally you'd sit there, and at the point where the game is cryptically telling you to reset, if you didn't reset the time, your character would just die instantly. So we thought that's what happened, and then one day it's like, okay, hit the reset button. And you do that, (laughs) and it doesn't just go to the Sega screen. It looks like the game is glitching out. Mm. And then you get like a cutscene, and you find out what the actual plot to this game was, which is... Magneto hacked the danger room. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and the idea is you've been stuck in it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, the other thing I want to mention is there was a Wolverine game on the SNES that uh, I got when I was really little. I just got it because, you know, Wolverine. Wolverine's cool. Well, you know, I like X-Men. I was really when I got this, so I really lacked the motor skills to play video games really well. So I would try and get other people to play them with me, or rather, play them for me. And one of the maybe the most willing participant was my mom. So she'd sit there, play the games with me, play them, get really far in them, show me how she did it, encourage me, and. Yeah, I think that had a big hand in me becoming as fond of games as I am today. Definitely a good memory to have. Mm. Did either of you guys play the Burger King games? Yes. <laughs> oh man, I never got yeah. surprisingly good. They were always sold out, or they didn't have any more every time I tried to get one. So. I- <laughs> Sneak King was the best one. That's what it was, Sneak King. Yeah, Sneak King was funny. <laughs> this is so... It was just like... It's like in concept, is... that one's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, but it's so perfect. It's what they're, they're advertising. But I remember when this came out, it was like a... a kind of a contentious thing. Like, people were yeah. not happy... Or perturbed about it. I guess well, we talked about that on the old show. I'm sure we did. Because it happened when we were still doing that show. 
Didn't didn't it draw a lot of people to Burger King though? I remember them getting really rare after a while and sold on eBay and stuff like that. And yeah, well, once people found out the games were actually decent. <laughs> well, they they kind of weren't. It was just sneaking. <laughs> the, yeah. But I remember playing the pocket bike racer, and I always remember that for some reason they had all these weird characters. But then like. Brooke Burke is in there. Yeah. You, you guys know Brooke Burke? Uh, nope. She was like a model. Hmm. I think she was on like Blue Torch TV back in the day or something. But she she was just in the game for absolutely no reason. <laughs> uh, maybe she just looks attractive. Maybe that's why. I guess. <laughs> so I, I think there were th- three. It was Sneaking the mini bike one and a karting one no there wasn't a karting a go-karting one well, that was, the mini bike was that a mini bike oh it's mini. okay that was the racing one all right maybe it was just two i don't remember there was definitely a third one okay it was three yeah. well definitely <laughs> good advertisement on their part it was different it was different all right lionel z got any more or um, I think outside of like, because I did also play a lot of the Avengers, uh, Captain America and the Avengers. Granted, that was on the Genesis with my cousins. Um, I can't. I don't think I can. Turtles in time. Oh God! How did I forget that? Yeah, yeah. Just beat 'em ups in general were like. You know what it was, is games were a lot simpler back then. So to, like, take these IPs and apply basic gameplay mechanics to them, it wasn't too hard to make a really good game. <laughs> well, it also takes into the fact that most of our uh, childhood-centric IPs were uh, centered around ass beatings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, That's true. Just kicking all, all brands of ass. Yeah, yeah. man. Power That's Rangers... True. My uncle had a uh-huh. Power Rangers game I would always play. Mm, yeah. Putty's ass. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> all fresh of them. I can remember how they sounded. There you yeah. go. Sounded like that. Yeah. yeah. They're made of clay. <laughs> they make the yeah. noise that schizophrenic <laughs> people hear 100% of the time. <laughs> oh, the putties. Uh, I think Mike already touched on the various Batman games. Huh? Superman is successful. I said you touched on the Batman games already. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it then. I mean, there's obviously tons and tons and tons of other games that we that we probably didn't Ast- mention, but. Astons. But. But uh, I think that's good. Yeah, they were good times. They're very good times. I enjoyed all, all those. I kind of want to play Tiny Tunes now and Rocco's Modern Life. God, it was games. Barman. All right. Uh, I want to play Spider Man. Yeah, I want to play all these games. Just want to be little again. <laughs> uh, good times. All right, let's move on to the recommendations then. Mike, you want to go first? 
Uh, sure. Um, I don't. I swear that I played something this week. <laughs> um, I already mm-hmm. talked about the Marvel Heroes thing last week. Um, I don't. But uh, let me. Okay. Since we're on the topic, this popped into my head. I didn't mention it, but it's a it's a good game. I got to play it um, leading up to my my the weeks leading up to MGS Five. I was waiting last year. Uh, I picked it up for like a buck fifty at GameStop, and it's X Men Origins Wolverine. Mm. Which is funny because now Deadpool's in the theater. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and that game ends with a Deadpool fight. <laughs> But uh, that game is, it's brutal. It's super fun. It's super cool. It's the Wolverine game that uh, we deserved, (laughs) that we never got, except we did. Uh, I got it for PC, and it's it's just great. It's just a great hack and slash. The mechanics are great. The model looks just like Hugh Jackman. Um, And you can get pretty torn up. Like, you can get torn up almost to the point where he's you can see a lot of his skeleton and then you can watch it regenerate and his clothes get torn up it's just super cool it's it's just fun well they put a lot of detail into that if his clothes are ripping you get to see his body regenerate that's pretty neat yeah it's uh it's really cool there was actually i think designed around the um I would say a game called Splatterhouse. Hmm. That was an yeah, they school. have a similar mechanic where the character. Yeah, uh, Splatterhouse was sure. a whole scene, so they did were very big on it. Did come out? It did. It kind of, okay. but it kind of came and went, which was unfortunate. Yeah, but that that game did of... that, and I think it's based on the same engine or something, but or, or something similar. But anyway, Raven did that. Uh, Raven did the the Wolverine game. They're still they're still around, aren't they? They didn't go away. I want to say they're not, but I'm uh. not sure. I think they might be. But actually, that's another game that I could recommend uh, that I actually did play this week. Um, somehow, my my clanmates figured out um, they downloaded some mods and stuff, and we got Jedi Knight up and running again. Jedi Knight Two with some cool mods and I can access uh, server lists now so nice uh, find me out there let's duel duel that was a movie <sighs> sweet uh, Lionel how about you um, jumper cables two things uh, I've got a bit of a story but I also do have a legit recommendation well maybe um have I talked about Darkest Dungeon yet? Mm, I think you mentioned it, but I don't think you ever really talked in detail about it. I've never heard of okay, it. If you mentioned it, I tuned it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I've been getting back into it, and um, uh, the shortest description I can give of it, it's kind of like, uh, what if Dark Souls was an RPG? And uh, Dark Souls is a 
sort of a character action game that seems immensely hard and very uh, much uh, slow and kind of plotting. Like you've got to think out your every move because death is literally breathing down your neck. And that's the case with uh, Darkest Dungeon. It has a very uh, dreary vibe to it, a very dark aesthetic, and uh, your characters. Like everything, everything about it is just like this world is fucked. You're trying to change it, but it is fucked, possibly unequivocally fucked. And the uh, big thing about that to sort of reflect that in regards to gameplay is that your characters will pick up uh, psychological quirks, some good, but a lot bad. There's a uh, mental stress mechanic, too, that causes you to pick up these quirks or drop them. You can... Uh, you retain stress doing stuff and you can relieve it at uh, bars or churches. <laughs> but you have to kind of balance out that, strengthening your character, um, exploring these uh, dungeons to obtain more items which can increase the size of the homestead you live at. And uh, It's a very challenging game but it's a very rewarding game. It's really fun. The mechanics are interesting. Uh it's kind of the thing I've been playing primarily. Uh, the next it recommendation, for? it's a PC game. I'm playing it mm. on Steam. It's got a nice art style to it, too. But, um, uh, the next thing I'm going to recommend isn't a game per se as much as a location. Hmm. Uh, I finally had some time to myself this week. So what I did is I went over to this uh, like non-big chain owned sort of a game area uh, store. store. I wish. Nope. <laughs> game land. crazy. I wish. Or all the employees hate working there and they by extension hate you. Mm. But, um, Electronics Boutique. Yeah. EB Games. Where everyone who works there thinks they're better than you. It smells <laughs> like fancy cologne. Um, but uh, the place was called Another Castle Games. And uh, this is more than just your typical game store. This is like... It almost feels like a game museum because they have stuff from every epic console, even the ones I, were, I wasn't uh, cognizant for. But uh, I'm pretty sure I saw a Virtual Boy in there. There were Nintendo games, Genesis games, SNES, PS1. Wait, where games. was this? It's a place called Another Castle Games. It's like a, a couple blocks away from me. Whoa, cool. Uh, yep. Sounds like a museum. Kinda, kind of felt that way, and everyone there was really nice. The selection was really good. Um, prices there aren't like fucking anywhere near as. They're still a little high, but they're kind of they're nowhere near as gougy as uh, GameStop. <laughs> like they at least make a bit of sense, though. Uh, I came to a sort of interesting realization, specifically about uh, buying old stuff. Now is. It's very much become a collector's game, and I suspect that sort of uh, releases of these old games are the culprit. Because 
I was thinking, oh yeah, maybe I can get like a GameCube and buy those old games. Those games were fucking expensive. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that at GameStop. I always wanted to get a copy of Twin Snakes, but it never went down in value. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there was something else interesting about this place. Well, also, the people behind the counter were, like, really knowledgeable. And one of them uh, uh, hooked me up with uh, someone who worked at another location that may be able to mod a fight stick for me. So... That was cool. Nice. But, uh, uh, the other thing about this place, and I didn't even get to see all of it, but uh, it has an arcade in it. Oh. This video game store has a legit arcade in it. And uh, a couple of games I played there. One was a uh, Batman pinball machine. And like, oh God, was that thing shiny and pretty and hyperactive and there was just visual and audio interest everywhere. Like a couple of yeah, times I just got distracted by things lighting up and the sound of uh, Nicholson as the Joker <laughs> screaming at me. <laughs> this town needs an enema. Yeah. <laughs> Jack. Like, hey. You're my number one guy. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like they had that there. I think they had the old Simpsons game and uh, uh, some shooting games. Some uh, like one of the games I thought initially was Silent Scope, but I was actually surprised to find out it was a Golgo Thirteen game. This was like a straight-up Japanese game in there. So it's got this uh, very similar setup to uh, Silent Scope, except uh, GoGo 13 is a little weird in that rather than just being, okay, shoot the people, shoot the people, you get like... It's almost like if they took Silent Scope and made it a minigame fest, like you get weird jobs to do in there. Like, uh, it's like, okay, sometimes you gotta shoot a person, but the indicator of who you're gonna shoot isn't the picture we have here. No, it's we know that the person you're gonna shoot is the owner of this dog. <laughs> and you've got like a 15 second window to see who the dog goes to and then cap him. In front of his dog. Oh, yeah, he's in the park. Yeah. But like, uh, for example, another one is like, okay, we really need to just destroy this diamond. So when this guy holds this diamond up to inspect it, you've got to shoot it at this exact point. If you hit it at this exact point, it'll shatter. Hmm. <laughs> it's like weird-ass assignments like that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was an interesting game. Uh, however... Sorry, I got out. Uh, most of my quarters went to a game. I think it's called Police 9112. They made a um, sequel? Yeah, well, the only difference between the two games is that there's different character types you can play as now. Fuck. Generic Japanese beat cop. There's some, like, naked mm -hmm. chick with a machine gun. There's a SWAT guy. I don't remember all of them. I remember the guy I picked was, like, 
generic 80s white guy detective. <laughs> <laughs> it's the five o'clock shadow rolled up white sleeves, white jacket, and a, and a bad coke habit, and a dead partner. <laughs> I think this is him before the before the dead partner. <laughs> when he was like still fresh faced and uh, full of like hope and ambition. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was um. So that game, for those who don't know, I guess they have like a weird sort of camera or motion sensor set up because uh, you can actually move yourself around to take cover behind assets on the screen and even like dodge bullets. <laughs> Straight up Matrix style. You could also you yeah. know, sort of pop up cover and shoot. This is one of my favorite a, games to play. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Though it might mess up your knees, <laughs> being crouched for so long. Um, yeah, I at least think I beat the game. Uh, I, I worked through the whole list of criminals. I didn't get to meet the faceless master. I feel like there's probably something else I gotta. I think I got all the way to the rank of inspector, and uh, you take out people from like like random yakuza members and characters from the Chinese mob. And the two things that stood out is that uh, well, the, the final boss, at least that I faced, was a was the uh, head of the Chinese uh, the, the triads. And that fight, it's behind like a sea of police cars. And it's basically a duel between you and him. He tore my ass up. Mm. But uh, I, I got him eventually. Um, the other thing is one of the boss encounters uh, the boss doesn't actually attack you at all it's just he has a lot of henchmen but his uh, weapon of choice is butt naked parkour (laughs) like he's straight up just running from you naked flipping around on shit and you have to try and not eat his guards bullets as you uh, get a bead on him (laughs) Mm. Uh, yeah um, I think I mentioned at the beginning of this that uh, I didn't get to see all of the arcade and that's because I think around 5, 6 o'clock the other part of the store opens and I'm pretty sure that part of the store has alcoholic beverages and maybe other games so there will be a part 2 to this Mm. Cool. Uh, all right, so the games that I've been playing this uh, that I recommend pretty much. I've been kind of <laughs> ever since I heard about the the Pokemon Direct coming. Because I'm a huge fan of Pokemon coming out on Friday. I started. I've been playing a whole bunch of different Pokemon games, and the one I started playing earlier this week was Platinum, and uh, it's, it's nice. There's a lot of. It's not my m- most favorite out of all of them, but it's uh it's. I like some of the things that they do and the story and the characters. So that was fun replaying that again. Uh, Pokemon Platinum. Oh. Yeah. So I was just replaying that for a little bit. Um, Mm. The one thing I did not, I still don't enjoy with the newer games is that the encounter rate is incredibly high. You can basically, you walk two feet in some, in the grass and then you'll, you'll 
immediately encounter a Pokemon and it just it keeps happening almost every other step and it's really annoying but outside of that the game was pretty easy I beat it got all eight badges and all that good stuff so I'm I'm excited to see where they go next with the Pokemon stuff I'm pretty sure it'll probably be the same type of setup you get the eight badges and you kind of go from there but uh I don't know I always just buy them and end up playing them I blast through them usually within a day but it's just something about the games that just I find very appealing and relaxing. It's like comfort food at this point. But um, but yeah, that's that's the only game I was really playing this week. All right, let's move on to final thoughts. Lionel, you said you had a story to tell. Oh, I already told it. <laughs> I already told it. I told it. A recommendation. I got confused. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, Mike. Do you have any final thoughts? All right, I guess that's Mike's final thoughts then. All right, I pretty uh, much I got nothing. I'm tired. Uh, I think I come up with a final thought. All right. Um. Uh. Yeah, it's it was kind of a weird week. <laughs> little bits of good, little bits of bad, little bits of strange. Um. No, no, I think there's reason to be hopeful for gaming in the near and possibly distant future. I agree. I mean, there's lots of more interesting stuff coming out. So he's right. All right, sorry, I just woke up. <laughs> I was ouch. I was in and out during the police trainer time. I'm awake. It's been a long week. Yeah, it's what? Why was it, what was good? Oh, were you just talking generally about the gaming industry jumper cables? Uh, yeah, just like kind of like what I try and do with all my final thoughts is kind of summarize what was talked about and yeah. oh. state an opinion how, on it. How is your your week in the real world? Awful. <laughs> You're still standing. You're still strong. <laughs> Ugh. Stay strong, my brother. Uh... Rigmarole, let's do that. Oh my god. Uh, Mike, tell us about your show. It's called Hyper 90 Zeitgeist Breakdown. And I just put the GoldenEye episode up. You'll be hearing this on Monday. It went up last Thursday. It goes up every Thursday. We put a lot of work into this one. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> Dame Judy Dench. Hell yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Hyper 90s. Hyper 90s. It's spelled out. HeyListenRadio.com. At HeyListenRadio on Twitter. HeyListenRadio on SoundCloud. And Facebook. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> yes. Lionel, where can they find you? Uh, so, Jumper Cables is still hurting severely from the grievous wound inflicted upon him in the previous episode, Green versus Red. 
He'll be uh, licking his wounds in uh, this week's episode, which should be about Fujiko Mine. So please, please go there and give him a hug. Or, you know, give him some encouraging words at Old Taku Connect on Twitter. God knows he needs them. All right. And for this podcast, you can follow me on Twitter, NAGP Returns, where I also talk about more gaming news on there and other random stuff related to the game industry. That's it, guys. We're done. We're done, 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 done. Wait, let me give my final thought. Go for it. Um, have a good week, everybody. I love most of you. <laughs> May your drinks be cold and your nights be warm. And wait, I messed that up. Cold May your drinks be cold. Woman. Your meals be warm and your nights be hot. Yeah. Uh, listen. Um, <laughs> dance, dance like no one is looking. Sing like no one is listening. Love like you've never been hurt. And fuck like a goddamn retard. <laughs>